Hey team, we are back to talk more NFL and uh, I don't know about you team listeners, but starting to second guess whether I know anything about NFL as the upsets continue to roll through. Laura joins me for a little bit of a pre-show chat and the question I've got for you, it's a pretty straightforward one this week. What was your highlight from what was a pretty crazy week three? There's been a little bit of time, we've had a bit of time to digest now, we're sort of a week on, but um, yeah, some pretty incredible performances last week in week three. Yeah, and some pretty weird performances. You know, we had the butt punt in Miami. I don't know what was happening there. Backed up in the end zone. The photos are hilarious. Um, Look, for me, it's a simple one. I really enjoyed seeing DK get a little bit more today. I think Gino was still quite inconsistent, underthrew a lot of passes. In that game, we should have easily won. That was a bad loss. Um, But that touchdown to DK back of the end zone really it made me feel confident. It made me feel excited. You know, that's a guy who hasn't been ha- having had many receptions so far this season. I thought that he'd be, you know, producing a lot more than what he has. So for me, that was a great moment. That was super exciting. And also just, you know, Tua getting that win today was absolutely outstanding. So yeah, big, big week. there was some big ones. That's for sure. Look for me, you know, thinking back onto those performances, um, you know, I, look, I can't go past Tom Brady. You know, we didn't get the result, you know, obviously Tom Brady, you know, two minute drill, um, you know, to kind of win the game. I felt like he kind of did everything possible, but obviously that, um, you know, that penalty just came at the wrong time and you could clearly see that Lenny, he was on his way, um, to win that one. So, you know, you know, you win some, you lose some, but you just hope that games like that, don't come back to bite the bucks. But look, you know, it was quite ugly, but, you know, we've got to remember Brady was down his top three receivers. And, uh, you know, I, I know that everyone's kind of written off Tampa, but I still think they're going to be a little bit of a pro- problem. Uh, long live the goat as I rock his, uh, you know, T-shirt here in Tom Brady. Um, all right. Well, you know, there's plenty more to talk about uh, heading into week four. So let's kick off the show. Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your night. Life, waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports Season 2, Episode 42. My name is Dean Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Uh, today, you're hearing my voice, Alex, out of action, but she'll be back next week. And uh, the lovely voice that you heard earlier on in the pre-show was Laura. Laura, uh, great to be back. Great to be talking all things NFL Again, as we spoke about earlier, it's uh, hard to keep pace of the league at the moment. Um, gamble responsibly, but there is no time to waste because we are going to feature two incredible games like we do each and every week in the breakdown. Uh, really excited to talk about these ones. Let's dive straight into it. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to, went to plan at all. Uh, and they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Laura, let's dive straight into this one. The Philadelphia Eagles come up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, you've heard that correctly. That is our feature game uh, this week because... Two teams who have really done some work in the offseason and are looking pretty special. Laura, I'm just going to hand it straight over to you. Let's start in Philadelphia to talk about the Eagles. Uh, Yeah, take it away. Talk to me about the Eagles. 
What a fantastic way to start the show, Dan. I don't think anyone saw this coming, but Jalen Hurts is the man about town this season. What a performance today. 22 out of 35 for over 340 yards, three touchdowns, and the majority of that coming in the first half. And this connection between Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith is absolutely worth its weight in gold. You know, the two of them today combined for eight receptions, 170 yards, you know, the Heisman winner is really starting to come into his own. And I'm so excited to see that relationship starting to settle in. You know, when you've got receivers like A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and a quarterback that knows how to best use his receivers, you get magic. And that's exactly what we saw today. You know, I think the ball was being spread around everywhere. Jalen Hurts' touchdowns, you know, went, it was the Goddard catch, touchdown, A.J. Brown, Devonta, it's just an amazing game. I think the defense also really came to play today. You know, that defense has actually been very good at stopping, well, the score, stopping the run. And I think Fletcher Cox came through today in a, in a decent way. He was a bit questionable coming into the match. Um, but, you know, Carson Wentz had 24 passing yards in the first half. And, I mean, that's just absolutely incredible. What a show. It really is. And I, and I think, you know, one of the things that I guess is most impressive about Philly is it was only 2018 that they were in the Super Bowl, you know, and, and I feel like, it, it wasn't their fans because Eagle fans are absolutely crazy, but the rest of the league kind of counted them out to say, well, you know, they're going to go through a major rebuild and we're not going to see Philadelphia. They're certainly not going to be 3-0. They're not going to be at the top of their division for a very, very long time. So I, I guess I'm, I'm, I get my nerd on, you know, in terms of team building, and I'm just so impressed with Philly's front office, their ability to kind of turn this around very, very quickly because, Laura, looking at this team, you lose your quarterback – offensively you're completely wiped out and I was just seeing a very an old roster you know a a team where you know a lot of your best players were getting towards the end of their career this has been a really quick turnaround for the Eagles and uh yeah exciting times there in Philly yeah and you know like you said it wasn't expected I don't think anyone thought that this was where this team was going to go and I'm really excited to see them down the stretch I think this is a team that can make it and you know, if Jalen Hurts can stay healthy, I think that's the key. But he seems to have be protected in the pocket. He seems to, you know, have time and he makes smart plays. And I think the play calling as well has been excellent. Um, so I'm excited to see. I think, you know, an A.J. Brown slant route is is art. And hopefully we'll see a bit more of that. I just, you know, Jalen Hurts is a really interesting case study. Um, not, not trying to look too far ahead at next year's quarterback class with the draft coming up. But, you know, you everyone knows my love for scouting. But... Jalen's a very, very interesting one because is he the most talented quarterback we've got in the game from an arm strength uh, perspective? Absolutely not. But there's just something about him, Laura. It's those intangibles. It's that leadership. It's that ability to kind of get a locker room behind him. We know, and we, we saw it, you know, evidence, you know, with, with Carson Wentz that, you know, that was some of his limitations. But talk to me a little bit about this off the field side of Hurts because, I don't know. This is something the scouts are really going to have to look at moving forward because he has just united this football team. Yeah, and I've, and you're right. You know, this is something that does need to be considered. And I think we started to see it initially when we saw that Jay, um, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, you know, match up in the draft. People want to play with players that they like and players that they get along with. And you've got a guy like Jalen Hurts, who I think is a little bit like what we saw from Russell Wilson, you know, in Seattle. He gets involved with his community. He gets involved, you know, in a spiritual sense with his team. And he's created an environment where other players are wanting to play with him and are wanting to, you know, be involved and get amongst that energy. He's also a hard worker. 
And, you know, not saying anyone else isn't, but I think we're really seeing the work that he's put in in the off season and that's coming to fruition now. And, you know, scouts are really going to have to start to look at what are the type, who are the guys that I'm putting in my team? It's not just about who has the arm strength, who's got this, because like you said, you know, anyone can get the ball down. Look at Jalen Hurts. He's not the strongest man out there. Um, But I think it's that connection, that personal, that spiritual connection that he's got with players like Devonta Smith, players like AJ Brown, that's what's bringing out the best in all of these players. Yeah, absolutely. And, And I feel like this is the first year where we've really seen a clear improvement in his passing. You know, Jalen Hurts has been a runner who can pass. This year, he's a passer that can run, and that's just added this whole different dimension. You know, is he going to absolutely dominate with his legs each and every week? No, he's not. But Mm. just to know that he has that ability when things go sideways, because it's been a very long time since Philly have had, like, an established running game, and they're starting to sort of do a little bit of that. You know, they've got the players, got Sanders, Gamewell, Boston Scott, you know, they, they just kind of contribute, but... If things go sideways, it's good to know that you've got that. And look, another big shout out to, you know, going out and getting AJ Brown, you know, that is aggressive. That is that win now mentality. And it just goes to show that they are all in on Jalen Hurts. You know, there are quite a few quarterbacks in the league that would love a front office that, you know, are just all in and are willing to kind of, you know, really go for it. And I think there were questions around, to your point, Devontae Smith, how is AJ Brown, Devontae Smith going to work? You know, who's going to get the most, most uh, you know, touches, I think both of them, and I think they're going to be an absolute nightmare. One week, one player is going to dominate. The next, it'll be the other. So, yeah, look, um, yeah, Philadelphia really looking the goods uh, this year. And, look, you know, they, they are in a weak, um, you know, division as well. So they are well on their way uh, to definitely claiming the NFC East. All right, Laura. Lara, very disappointed that she can't be here uh, tonight to talk about uh, their opposition tonight, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Laura, be honest, uh, outside of (laughs) Lara, who probably was the only person that was singing the praise of Jacksonville, what were your expectations coming into the season? And, um, yeah, what's your thoughts on them now? Look, I thought we'd get a better look at Trevor Lawrence this season. I did expect, you know, to see a bit of improvement, but I did think that would come later in the season. I'm surprised we have started to see that so early. I think, you know, like Lara talked about, that offensive line has been the absolute key uh, to the, you know, the bounds and increases in Trevor's performance that we've seen. I saw on ESPN um, that they were calling it the battle of the hair today. You know, they played the slow-mo with Trevor Lawrence and with Justin Herbert, and really it wasn't much of a battle. The Jags absolutely dominated. They were convincing. They looked good out there. Um, you know, each of Trevor Lawrence's touchdowns, that ball placement was spot on. And I think, you know, having that extra time in the pocket he was really able to let the play develop and get the ball to where it needed to be. Um, And I just can't believe that we're saying the Jags are actually good, but they're actually looking pretty good. (laughs) It's taken some getting used to, isn't it? Look, this is what we signed up for with the Trevor Lawrence experience. I mean, anyone who was struggling in and around his draft class, you know, fans were screaming out to tank because Trevor Lawrence, we knew he was the truth. You know, we knew he'd come in and absolutely dominate. And then you just forget about how important – coaching is and that whole you know it was just an absolute mess what happened to uh trevor lawrence and the jags um in that first year but you know i guess it was just fascinating to see how things were going to be turned around how have they done it look trevor needed uh a couple of big victories to really build that confidence you know he really needed to arrive in the nfl i think we're just starting to see it you'd you'd like to call it now but i think he's only just scratching the surface in terms of his potential uh, for me, you can start to see 
a little bit of confidence, um, you know, starting to see through. I'd like to see him use his legs a little bit more, but Laura, he doesn't need to. The Jags running game is one of the best in the league at the moment. I mean, you know, obviously we poked fun at the amount of uh, money that was spent on Christian Kirk and, you know, they're still sort of patching things together from a receiver perspective, but yeah, this running game from the Jags, it, it, it is unbelievable. Oh, I mean, James Robinson today, he reminded me a little bit of McCaffrey. Um, and, you know, it's exciting to see what they've been able to do and has been able to produce. And that explosive, um, you know, jump with the ball that he has has just been outstanding. And I think, you know, for 17 carries, he's getting the ball. You know, he's a target. That long run he had of 50 yards was just, you know, incredible to watch. And this defense, I feel like the Chargers didn't watch the film. They didn't have a game plan together because, they were being exposed at every point by James Robinson and it was beautiful to watch. It really is impressive. And and you just get a bit of a sense that if teams continue to underestimate that side of the ball, I mean, you're not going to underestimate Trevor Lawrence. You know what his natural ability is. You know that on his day, he can probably beat you um, offensively, but I'm with you. I, I think they're starting to, uh, I think they're starting to underestimate them. But, you know, Philadelphia, this is going to be a massive contest. This is really going to be a really good test to see where both of these teams are. No sitting on the fence. It's time for our prediction. Laura, who gets the job done here, Uh, Philly or the Jags? I'm riding the Philly train. I'm really excited to see how Jalen Hurts and this offense continue. I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a good fight from Jacksonville. But I think that this Philly defense is going to continue to come up. Um, So, yeah, I'm riding the Philly train. It's difficult for me because I really <laughs> want to believe in Trevor Lawrence, but I still feel like it's early days, um, you know, and it just goes to show what happens when you get an adult in the room. You know, things really have turned around, um, you know, since the new coach has sort of walked in the room. Uh, I, I really feel like that sort of leadership has really elevated them. But look, I, I'm the thing we're tipping against Philly, uh, I'll give you to get Jalen Hurts, but they're receivers, Devontae Smith, AJ Brown, there's just so much production there that the Jags are going to have to deal with. So, look, I'm going to go with Philly, but I think the Jags are really going to step up and, um, you know, really going to, you know, they're going to keep it close. And, look, I'm starting to think that they may do a little something-something in this AFC, um, which is pretty incredible to think. All right, well, let's move through now to our next feature game. Uh, And it is another interesting one with so many dramatic storylines, which we love here on the NFL show, and that is the uh, Carolina Panthers coming up against the Arizona Cardinals. Laura, let's 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 spend a bit of time talking about Baker Mayfield because he really is a fascinating um, person. He's a fascinating quarterback, and to be honest, we'd probably be able to spend the entire podcast just talking about him as a player. So let's kick it off with all things Baker Mayfield. It was a pretty dramatic move over to Carolina. How's it progressing for you? Yeah, I mean, I personally am a big fan of Baker. I always have been. Um, I think what's really exciting about Baker is I think he's got a great opportunity with this Panthers team. They seem committed to him. They seem committed to, you know, building the team and building a playbook around his strengths. I think I saw too many pump fakes. And now when I think of Baker Mayfield, I think of the pump fake. Um, But, you know, it should have been a convincing win today. And that's what does let me down, down. You know, they should be able to be steamrolling and especially over this um, Saints team that really didn't, they had a few gaps, didn't have it all together. Um, But Baker, I just, 
I think what he really needs is a community. He needs support. And I'm really hoping that that's what we continue to see be offered from Carolina, but it's looking great to begin with, I personally think. I think it's a huge month ahead for for Baker because we all know that he's limited in terms of he's not the absolute elite quarterback in the league. But I think what we've got to remember is not everyone can be Patrick Mahomes. Not everyone can be Josh Allen, although we'll talk about him a little bit later. You know, not everyone can be the best quarterback in the league. You know, sometimes, you know, there's 32 of these teams. Sometimes you've got to make do with an average quarterback. And in my opinion, that is Baker Mayfield. But I guess some of the concerns has been that, you know, he's just been a little bit patchy with his performances since he's arrived in Carolina. But I want to give him time. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I want to believe that, Part of that is because, yes, this is a brand new team and there is such a huge discrepancy between the offensive line that he had in Cleveland compared to the one that he's got in Carolina. So, you know, I I really, you know, I'm going to try and give Baker Mayfield a little bit of time, but, you know, he's really got the next month to prove that, you know, he's just settling in. He hasn't lost anything. He's still that average quarterback who can kind of get you the win, but, you know, he really is going to have to be reliant upon, um, you know, some of the weapons in and around the team. Speaking of weapons, let's talk CMC. Let's talk Christian McCaffrey. Um, Laura, he's a player who, and you know, there's a few of these types of players in the competition at the moment. Kamara comes to mind and a few others where, you know, these are some of the best players in the game, without a doubt. But their availability, their ability to get injured continues to harm their franchise year after year. I guess, what was your thoughts heading into the preseason? I mean, they, they threw all of that money at CMC. They've got him locked up his ability to kind of stay healthy for 17 games. But, you know, you kind of put that put that to a side when he comes out and sort of, you know, performs the way he did in that last uh, in that last game. Yeah, I mean, look, I took him with the first pick in my fantasy league this season. I really thought we might see something. I think he was limited in what we saw in the preseason. We didn't get an awful lot of information. We didn't see an awful lot of what he was doing. But I chose to have a lot of faith. And I think today we started to see a little bit more of that, a little bit disappointing you know, over a hundred yards, great to see him performing back up at that level, but that was off 25 carries. You know, he hasn't got that same explosiveness that we saw prior to the injury. And that's the biggest question with these running backs is when does the shelf life end? When are they expiring? And I feel like with CMC, that's going to be coming a lot sooner than we all ever thought it would. Yeah, and, and I, look, I'm the same. I am I am definitely in the camp of do not pay your running back. I just mm. believe that you can get so much value um, in the draft late, round four, round five, round six. Do it, do it by committee if you have to. You know, unless there's an absolute superstar in that first round, do not pay. Do not pay your running back. But I feel like Carolina were pushed into the corner where they knew that. You know, they're not silly. You know, they know that they really shouldn't have paid CMC because of his injury history, but they're screaming out to the rest of the offense to say, well, if it's not CMC, even though he's only going to be here half the games, who else is it? And I think Mm. that's what's so disappointing about the Panthers at the moment and what is making Baker look worse than what he actually is, is the lack of running game, the lack of production from receivers. I don't know. I, I just feel like as much as, yes, we can put some blame on Baker, the rest of this offense outside of CMC really need to step up. Yeah, they're not they're not performing in the way that we thought they would at all. You know, I thought the former Jag, um, Chenault Jr., he looked great today. That was exciting to see. But those were two big plays. There was no consistent production. There was no helping Baker out. I feel like Baker 
you know, he needs receivers that can extend the play, that can you see them running, you know, side to side towards the end, but that's not what he's been getting. And or even a, even a tight end like a safety blanket, you know, when mm-hmm. when things go sideways, which they're going ninety five percent of the snaps oh, at the moment in Carolina. It's like where does Baker go? You know what I mean? And yeah. again, it's just it seems a little bit CMC heavy. I'm worried about you know all of those carries as well, injuries, lack of anyway. It's it's going to be very very interesting. Um, you know, flipping it over and just giving them a little bit of love on the defensive side. Caroline has been really interesting, uh, Lauren, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this at, at the macro level because you've got a very very impatient owner. We know that time's running out for Matt Rule. You know, if he doesn't make the playoffs absolutely no chance of being the head coach next year. But it was a really, I want to say, strange strategy by him in terms of team building again because in an offensive league where everyone's going flashy quarterback, receiver, 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 he continued to build defense. In fact, he had like a couple of back-to-back drafts where it was just stacked with defense. So I guess where does that kind of put him? You know, uh, he's, I mean, the defense, it's pretty productive, but I, I don't know. You know, we, we just spoke about all the woes on the offensive line, on the offensive side of the ball. I think that's kind of predictable given the way he's gone about building this team. And I think it's a disappointment because by the time you are getting a player like Baker and even, you know, last year where they brought back Cam Newton, that offense, there's nothing to it. And he spent this money and he spent this capital on this defense and, you know, they should have locked this game up in the first half. There shouldn't have even been a problem or a contest in the second half. But, you know, those two fourth quarter touchdowns really, they just, the, the, product, the production towards the end of the game throughout the stretch is just not there. And I look at this defense and there's no one memorable. I'm not remembering a certain sack. I'm not remembering. An Aaron Donald, uh, an absolute 100%. game changer. I, and I, that's what you would expect. Well, yeah. And I think what, what would be a good um, exercise and for our listeners, you know, write in, let us know is go back and have a look at some of the offensive players that the Panthers overlooked in the draft. You know, yes, they're good players. They're productive. They're doing their thing. But who are some of the offensive stars that they kind of bypass to sort of pick up those players? Because, you know, that's that's what you need to win these types of games. So, yeah, very interesting situation there in, uh, in Carolina. Just one last thing. Do you think Baker lasts the entire season at quarterback? Do you think... You know, rule flips back to Sam Darnold as a bit of a, a desperate measure. What's your thoughts on on that situation? I would like to see him stay with Baker. I think he should. I think Baker deserves um, that role towards the end of the season. Like you said, I don't believe it's Baker's fault that the Panthers are in the situation that they're in. Um, I think the time that we will see Sam Darnold come back is if they're losing three consecutive games. I think at that point, Matt Rule is going to do a flip. But until then, and if Baker can you know, do what he can do, put the team on his back, which is pretty much what I think he's going to have to do and, you know, be a bit more consistent than he should be there. I think he should definitely stay and he deserves that. 100% agree. You go to Sam Darnold, you're fired. You know, you have failed. You know, you made the decision, whether it was Darnold or Mayfield, uh, you know, he's out out of chances. So, yeah, I agree. Look, if you go to Darnold, maybe wins you a couple more games at the back end of the year, but um, yeah, you, you will, yeah. will definitely be fine. All right. A uh, lot of messiness in and around Carolina. We had to spend a little bit of time to unpack it. Um, let's talk about another um, pretty, I want to say functionally dysfunctional team because they are all <laughs> over the map at the moment. The, uh, the Arizona Cardinals, excuse me, um, under Kyla, Kyla Murray. Laura, good luck. <laughs> let's start to unpack this one. A team that uh, promises so much, but again, continues to struggle a little bit week on week. You know, I've been very vocal about my um, disappointment in Kyler Murray and, you know, 
I just don't understand this team. This team to me has so many successful producing working parts, yet they can't coherently come together and they can't win football games. Divisional games are such a special event, in my opinion, because they really expose weaknesses. When you're playing a team that you're playing twice a year without fail, you should know their number. You should have them wrapped up. And, you know, Cam Akers today, yes, that was a disappointing end to the game, but the Cardinals' defense had no answer for him. And, you know, it wasn't like he was scoring, you know, I'm sorry, he was getting over 100 yards, but he was getting that yardage when it counted and helping them, you know, get to the point where they wrapped up that game. I think Kyler needs to sit with that defense and they all need to watch some film because there were some big disappointments. You know, Kyler Murray's quarterback rating coming out of that game was 32, 32 and a, and a couple of yeah. points for over 300 yards. What the heck is that? Look, I, I think Kyler is just trying to prove himself a little bit too much rather than rather than win football games. In, in, yeah. in, in other words, what I'm saying is it comes back to that Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson dilemma where he's trying to say, you know, look how great I am as a passer. You know, I'm one of the mm. best in the league, you know, and I, and I don't have to use my legs if I don't want to. You know, one of the things that really concerns me is two runs for eight yards, Kyler Murray. You know, that that is just great. Like, I get it. You know, you don't, in an ideal world, if you had an outstanding running game that was, um, you know, you're able to manage the clock, really wind that down, control football games, you're in good form, and things are flowing really, really well with your offensive line as well. Sure, don't run Kyler Murray. But when you're in this situation and you continue to loot, rack up these losses, I mean, you know, I, 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 just, I just don't understand it. I kind of feel like Kyler Murray, they get out to a hot start each and every year. He runs a lot. They, they stack up a lot of wins and then they kind of sort of fatigue and they sort of collapse. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to flip the script a little bit this year, but, you know, it, it's just a little bit of a worry that I, I guess this football team, everyone's expecting them to have like a bit of a late year run, but, you know, based on my experience in watching watching football, there is just so much value in stacking early season uh, wins because you just don't know what's yeah. going to happen with injuries. And yeah. obviously Hopkins is still a little bit of while away. So, look, heading into this one against the Carolina Panthers defense, who, as we spoke about, is, pre- is pretty league average. I run. You know, Kyler needs to run. He needs to do what he needs to do to win a football game, you know, and – you know, he's going to be in the league for a long time. He can prove everyone wrong with his passing game. But at the moment, he needs to win football games and really needs to get those little, little legs running uh, pretty quick. Uh, not throwing too much shade, but a very dynamic player. Um, you know, we'll talk a little bit about his star rece- uh, receiver, Marquise uh, Brown. Um, obviously came over from, from the Ravens. Um, Laura, talk to me a little bit about that. Um, just not, yeah, not really feeling, um, not really feeling this offense outside of him at the moment. But yeah, talk to me a little bit about that combo. No, Hollywood Brown's an incredible receiver. And I think, you know, this was a, a matchup I was actually quite excited to see. And I thought if there's anywhere where Kyle is going to really perform is with Marquise. But all I heard this entire game was great adjustment from Brown. Brown comes back to make the catch. Oh, no. It was fine. his, it was him adjusting and him. And that's, you know, how he got the numbers that he got and 140 yards. It was an outstanding game from him. But every single play, it was kind of played by that. Great, you know, great adjustment. And so I think we're just dealing with a player that's incredibly talented. I don't think this connection is anything special. I would love to see Hollywood Brown with a guy like Tom Brady. That would be incredible to see. But I just think he's saving Kyla's ass at this point. Yeah, and, you know, obviously watching Tom Brady uh, closely, 
over the course of this season, you know, you know, is, is he at his best? You know, probably not. But one of the things that Brady does really, really well, and a lot of the veterans do well, is they move the chains. You know, they don't put themselves in, in, in long third down situations. And I feel like Kyler, you know, it's there's just so many easy opportunities for him to make an offense. Um, you know, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury needs to really look at this as well to create an offense in and around Kyler Murray that, you know, it just makes him feel comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, again, we're not really seeing it. Uh, all right. Well, look, you know, difficult. Carolina, Arizona Cardinals, both two teams that are pretty desperate. Um, what's your prediction for this one? I really am not sure. I f- I think I would like to see Baker come away with the win, but I do think, you know, you still have J.J. Watt. You still have a few players in this defense and, you know, the Panthers don't have the production right now. So as much as it pains me, I think I'm going to go Cardinals for the win. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. Look, Kyler is an avid listener of this podcast, so he'll be listening and he'll <laughs> be doing a lot of running with those little legs. And I think that'll be a little bit too much. Uh, yeah, things are getting a little bit frustrating there in Carolina. Um, and, and I've got Baker down for a couple of picks as well. So, um, yeah, let's keep, a, let's keep an eye on that one. All right, well, let's flow through to our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, team, let's move our way through the remaining games uh, of the schedule. We'll fly through these. Uh, The first game that I've got is the Cincinnati Bengals coming up against Miami Dolphins. Now, as a long-time uh, New England Patriots supporter, uh, my opinion of the Miami Dolphins has been like a lot of people. Um, but, you know, heading into this one, it's, it's, it's been a, an unbelievable start to the season that really no one could have expected. Tua Tungabaloa, um, I follow quite closely at Alabama, and he was this weird, quirky lefty who had some you know, had, had something about him, you know, he obviously unseated Jalen Hurts and, you know, he has quite a, um, quite an impressive college career. He gets to the NFL and everything that could go wrong did go wrong for Tua in terms of injuries, in terms of a bit of instability around coaching, the franchise and, and just really buying in. I think one of the things that's really led to the breakout of Miami is just putting your arms around Tua and saying, you are our guy. And that's exactly what Mike McDaniels has done. That's exactly what the franchise has done in terms of bringing in Tyreek Hill as well. So, look, Miami, it's been incredible, uh, but they do come up against a Bengals team that did get the win against the New York Jets, but, you know, again, are still pretty desperate at this stage as they try and, you know, they're trying to avoid becoming that Super Bowl team that kind of falls away for a few years. And I still still think there's a lot of questions around the Bengals um, at the moment. All right, in saying all of that, look, I'm going to go Miami, but uh, gamble responsibly, uh, keep keep a close eye on the line. I think Joe Burrow, he's going to really start to heat up over the next few weeks. Um, you know, he sat out for most of the offseason. So I've got the Dolphins here, but only just, I think the Bengals are going to make this very, very difficult for the Dolphins. All right, let's move through now to the Houston Texans taking on the LA Chargers. Well, the Chargers, they are battered, bruised, and, uh, you know, starting to realize that this is a very long uh, season. Yeah, I, I think 
you know, let's be honest, the LA Chargers are just waiting for the playoffs. You know, they really just want to skim through the regular season and then on the biggest stage and the biggest moments show exactly what they can do. They are explosive on defense. Justin Herbert is incredible, but, you know, I guess in between that is months of tough football and Justin Herbert is carrying that rib injury at the moment and obviously wasn't at his best in that last game. So, look, it is difficult times for the LA Chargers as they continue to battle their schedule. The Houston Texans, though, you know, again, each and every week they head into every game knowing that they're going to be the underdog, that they're going to be counted out, and uh, Davis Mills just continues to just do enough to keep games competitive. Look, I think the Chargers were pretty embarrassed out of that last performance, so I think they come here on a mission and they put the Texans to the sword. All right, uh, speaking of uh, teams who are, you know, doing a little bit of a little bit dysfunctional, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders coming up against the Denver Broncos. Uh, let's quickly start with the Denver Broncos. They are awful. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, I definitely recommend watching all NFL games, but if you have another pressing engagement um, on a Denver Broncos game, I, look, I, I would probably recommend it. Um, the Denver Broncos are a very tough watch at the moment, and that's only because I love Russell Wilson. I think he is incredible. Laura's nodding along. She has a lot of love for him, and this isn't him. This is this is not him. Something is going wrong. Uh, the combination between Nathaniel Hackett, uh, this offense, Russell Wilson, and this new offensive system, it is not working. Um, it does remind me a little bit of when Tom Brady first started out at Tampa, and they had a bit of a bye week, and basically they gave the playbook to Tom Brady, and they said, run it the way you want to run it. That's what we were promised in the, in, in the preseason, but I just don't see that happening Put everything on the back of Russell Wilson and let's go because he's not looking right. And Denver looking awful at the moment. Las Vegas Raiders, uh, well, (laughs) things are looking just as bleak, uh, just as challenging. And we didn't anticipate this. The Raiders need to get going. You know, this is an absolute must-win game. Uh, They are in a very competitive conference. um, And yeah, again, this is pretty incredible. The fact that they sit here without a win. Josh McDaniels. Again, all eyes are going to be on him if he can't turn this thing around. Raiders, Broncos. Look, I'm going to have to go with the Raiders just because Denver are struggling so mightily. They cannot do anything on offense at the moment, whereas the Raiders, you know, they've just been patchy and cannot play for four, uh, for the full four quarters. All right, next few games, uh, we've got the New Orleans Saints coming up against uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Again, this is a very interesting one. Laura, I'll just quickly get your opinion on the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, what, what, what's your thoughts on Minnesota at the moment? Oh, I think it's a nightmare. I really do. You know, I think Dalvin Cook injury, not what you want to see. I really think that this offense just hasn't got it. They should be winning games and it's not happening. And I really thought today they were with a chance. I thought they were going to get that. Um, but they just, I thought they would look better. I thought it would get there and they just haven't been able to do that. So I'm disappointed. I don't see anything positive coming out of there over the next few weeks. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? When you look at their sort of, you know, schedule, obviously they came out and they put the Packers to the sword. You mentioned they got that narrow but ugly victory against the Lions, but then they had that beating from the Eagles. So yeah, it, it, it's very interesting to try and get a read on the Vikings at the moment, especially, you know, defensively. Just a little bit of a concern that the, that Detroit were able to put some um, you know put some points on the board. You flip it over to the Saints, and again, it's the Jameis Winston experience. I mean, you can just see that entire franchise and that fan base just waiting for another quarterback. Again, not to get too focused on next year's quarterback class, but the Saints will be in the market. Um, I think you know they they've 
they've been pretty well disciplined to, to not go after a recycled quarterback. Um, you know, they know that they need to be disciplined and try and get a young star, but it cannot come soon enough because there are elements of this football team, in particular their defense, it's outstanding. But again, Jameis continues to let the team down a little bit there. Uh, look, trying to predict this one, I can't believe... I'm going to go Kirk Cousins here uh, to get the job done there against the Saints. Jameis Winston um, is terrifying. Uh, you just don't know what you're going to get from him each and every week. All right, let's move through now to the New York Giants and the, the Bears. I'm going to have to speed this up a little bit. Uh, look, you know, they, obviously we're, we're surrounded by Bears fans on this podcast, so I'm going to go the Bears there to get the job done against the New York Giants. Uh, Packers v the Pats, going to go Packers. Uh, the Pats, um, you know, we've spoken about that over the last few weeks about how they have been struggling, um, and they continue to do that, obviously, with Mac injury. Mac Jones carrying a bit of an injury as well. That does not help. Uh, Lions, Seahawks, it'll be the Lions. Uh, they're absolutely going to steamroll the Seahawks. Sorry about that, Laura. The Lions offensively are doing some very special things. Just need to tighten things up a little bit on defense. They can't be beating everyone 30 to 20. Uh, that's going to come around to bite them. Um, so, yeah, expect the, the Lions to clean things up a little bit on defense this week. Falcons-Browns, uh, Marcus Mariota. Again, you talk about the James Winston experience. They came out in around the same time with Mariota. And, again, the fumbling, the inconsistency. This is probably the reason why he hasn't been QB1. Um, will be interesting to see if Ritter, you know, that young QB can't force his way into this side. Um, that's kind of how I'm feeling about this team. So, yeah, Mariota. Uh, the Browns, look, they're just going to try and run the football to death. I'm going to go the Browns here as they try and keep this keep this game tight and tidy. Bucks v. Chiefs. Look, the Bucks. they just need to get some players uh, on the field. You know, that that's their biggest challenge at the moment. Injuries have not been kind to them. But the Chiefs, they were pretty embarrassed in that last performance. So Patrick Mahomes v. Tom Brady, this is going to be an incredible one. I think, I think the Chiefs go off here and they get the job done. All right, Laura, hand it over to you. Yeah, I think the Chiefs, I'm excited for that game, actually. I think Patrick Mahomes is, is, is coming back with a vengeance. Um, Steelers-Jets, I think this is a pretty easy one. I think there's a bit of you know disruption happening with that Jets team. Inconsistent, a little bit of sidingness, but you know, Quinn and Williams seems to be a bit pissed off with everybody over, over that side. So I think the Steelers have got this one. Um, that's an easy one for me. Commanders-Cowboys. Oh, Ooh. The Cowgirls, I think, are going to come away with the win. <laughs> it's upsetting. Um, but I just don't think the Commanders have have it down, have it ready. 49ers-Rams, yet another divisional game. Really excited to see this one. I think, you know, the 49ers might start to click once, you know, once they get Garoppolo back into the fold, back into, you know, into the playbook, really. I think he just needs to get a little bit more versed in, in how this offense is moving. Um, but, you know, Debo Samuel, I think, will come up big in that game. Uh, but I do think the Rams will will take it. Colts-Titans, I think the Titans are going to steamroll the Colts. Nothing exciting to coming out of there. Disappointing. We haven't talked about Jonathan Taylor at all on this show yet this season. Um, so I think the Titans are going to, you know, pull through. And finally, Ravens-Bills. Man, that was a tough game watching Josh Allen lose, watching that emotion. You know, he almost had it. He was so close. Um, I think the Bills are going to come away. I'm excited to see how Lamar Jackson comes up against this defense. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what his numbers are on the ground, how he's able to move that ball. Um, but I think the Bills Mafia is going to come in strong, and I'm excited to see it. All right, team. Well, look, that's all the time we have this week. Just want to thank my amazing panel, Laura. Uh, always bringing the heat as we talk all things NFL. Uh, the full team will be back on deck next 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 week as I spit it out, uh, which we're, you know, we're, you know, it's going to be incredible. We're nearly getting towards 
you know, one third of the season completed already. How is your team going? Uh, you know, send us send us something through on the socials and let us know. My New England Patriots not doing so well. Uh, to our listeners, we really do appreciate your support. Continue to download the podcast, share with family and friends. Thank you for choosing Mojo Sports. And until next week, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.